All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 5, Episode 19 of the Daily Faceout Podcast. The first episode of the new decade, 2020. Same old boys, though, for the most part. Um, I don't think I've changed at all. Have you guys, yes, feel any different? Uh, I, w- D? I was going to say that Brock's definitely changed. Yeah, I was going to say new, new year, new Brock. Clearly yeah. he was all over social media, just like new year, new Brock. Yeah, and the jury's still out on it. Yeah. And we're still wondering what, what that was about. But, um, <laughs> uh, speak for yourself, Brock. I'm trying out a new vocal tone this year. I'm going to sound like this for the, rest of, for the rest of the episode. I'm just kidding. I'm back. Um, all the same, looking good, feeling good. 2020 we're gonna we're gonna thrive happy to be here. daily pod daily face off podcast you know uh well happy holidays and new year to you two and all of our listeners hope Cheers. everybody had a a safe and fun holiday Cheers. season uh, but now it's right back into uh the swing of things it's everyone's getting to get back serious. to normal yeah. can't be drinking 30 beers a night anymore just 28 just yeah it was nice that we got a long weekend for once yeah mm-hmm. i'm Three so days. so done with gravy and turkey and all that shit I'll though oh my God. i never thought i'd hear you say that we hosted at, at my house so it was just left over that and then left out of town and i'm like oh sweet we're going to another family dinner turkey and gravy so it was just an overload of it um and it's all the same you yeah know? we're all baked goods it was great at the start but i've been eating dry cookies oh for like my week. god me too it's a problem <laughs> we're all baked goods yeah <laughs> um all right some big injury news to jump right back into 2020 um, Jake Gensel's done for the year Bye. with a shoulder injury. Yeah. The Pittsburgh Penguins cannot catch a break on the injury front this year. I mean, it's just been it's, and it's been not even Tanger and Malkin that are going. Yeah, down. I know. It's, not uh, even the, the usual suspects. Yeah. Uh, I mean, outside of Columbus, Pittsburgh, you know, those two teams just haven't been able to catch a break. I mean, there's so many people injured in Columbus right now. I can't even fit them. Like, we don't even have enough injured players sections on daily yeah, phase off. I just have winning. to put the bigger names on there because. That's the ones people yeah. care about. But there's literally, like, I think they got Milano back the other day, and they're like now 11 guys injured instead of 12. Not bad. But it's been insane. Including the their Penguins, goalie. Yeah, Corpusalo out yeah. long term. Yep. Terrible. Merzlikens, though. Alvis stealing the show right now. All of a sudden. Yeah. You know, honestly, like. Who knew Alvis were, would shine under the spotlight? There yeah. were signs pointing towards um, there being a chance for Merzlikens to play well. Um, he was terrible. No, I know, but okay. I mean, like, just because of how good Corpus Allo was and 
how good Corpusella was was strictly because of how good Columbus is. In yeah, front. like they've been borderline oh, terrible elite. numbers. They've been borderline wins, elite lately. Like, um, I mean, in ter- especially in terms of playing defense, like they've just been unbelievable. Uh, so that helped Corpusella out, and I think Merzlikens is a is a guy that's worth picking up right now because they're just playing so well in front of their goaltender. So a uh, nice hot start for him. But anyways, Gensel out for the season and. Brennan Gallagher also out indefinitely with a concussion. So uh, we're going to kick off 2020 by giving you guys some waiver wire pickups to uh, help fill those voids for your injured wingers. Uh, Obviously, not everybody listening owns one of these two guys. So um, you can also take these as potential uh, replacement players for somebody at the bottom of your roster if uh, you so choose. So, Mm -hmm. uh, D, we'll start with you. Who is your... Waiver wire injury replacement pickup for Gensel or Gallagher. Uh, I've got two guys to talk about on the same line. Uh, we're going to talk about the new Arizona one. Uh, so you guys will recall Hall's first few games with the Coyotes. Uh, it was Phil Kessel that was with him on the top line. Uh, but they've gotten away from that. Uh, the last handful of games that featured Christian Dvorak centering Hall on the top line with Connor Garland playing the right wing. So both Dvorak and Garland are widely available right now. Dvorak sitting at 21% while Garland's just 11% owned. Uh, obviously Hall is the driving force here, but Dvorak and Garland look like a great pair of complementary pieces for Hall. The three of them played just 38 minutes together, so it's a really small sample, but the early returns have been great. They're averaging over 90 shot attempts, 42 scoring chances, 19 high danger chances per 60. Uh, out of this world numbers, uh, you know, obviously there's some regression coming there, but it's really encouraging uh, just to see how much offense they've been able to create in their first few games together. They're dominating the puck. And it's already turned into some hard production for the two pickups here. Dvorak, two points in his last three games. Garland's red hot right now. He's got two goals and three assists in his last four games. Uh, So they're both great pickups right now. Dvorak gives you left wing and center eligibility. Garland can play both wings. Uh, If you have the pick of the two, I'd actually go Garland. Like I said, he's uh, 11% owned, so he's the more available pick here. Uh, He's been productive in a very limited role the last uh, year and a half since he's come up uh, for Arizona. Finally getting a chance to excel with some top-line talent. He's got 102 shots on goal in just 42 games, so he's on pace for 199 shots despite playing just over 13 minutes a game. Uh, still just 23 years old, so there's a ton of upside here if you can hold on to the top-line role. Obviously, the recent production means he should get somewhat of an extended look on that top line too. So I like Garland a lot right now. I think Dvorak's a fine uh, consolation as well. Yeah, we talked about Garland earlier in the year. Uh, he seems to always excel whenever they move him up the lineup. Uh, whenever he's played in the top six, he's had some success. Um, not so much of a, you know, he's a smaller guy, so not the best bottom six, um, you know, role type <laughs> yeah. player. But I think we mentioned this probably a few months ago when His he was in a similar situation. Yeah, uh, this is a guy that had back to back 120 or had 129 points and 128 Ridiculous. points in his last two years in the QMJHL. Uh, in his most recent stint in the AHL, he had 25 points in 21 games. So obviously a capable scorer. Um, Dvorak is really interesting because. Uh, he was like bordering on a bust at this point in his career, and then he's really turned things around this year. Yeah, they um, got him playing in the middle a lot more this year too. Exactly, they've kind of they, he was kind of the forgotten guy when uh, you know we were talking about Stepan and Schmaltz was kind of their their one. Yeah, Galchenyuk was there too, and then they they've really given Dvorak a full run with in their top six with quality players this year, and he's played exceptionally well. But yeah. I agree with you. Uh, I think Garland is probably the better of the two options. I think he'll put up more points. Uh, but I, I just really have been impressed with what Dvorak has been able to do because it, like, he literally, it was like almost like this is his last year yeah. to see if he can do anything or he's just yeah. a total bust. It's and been De- great. Dvorak is on the top power play unit too, so that's the one edge he has over Garland. Garland's on the second unit, uh, but Dvorak kind of plays like the high slot, so he doesn't really uh, touch the puck a whole lot in the power play. So he's not going to pick up a lot of uh, secondary helpers. Uh, not heavily featured on that unit, but obviously still a nice spot to be in. One thing that should bode well for Garland as well is um, not to look too much into junior numbers, but he was a big assist guy back then, 94 assists, 89 assists. And since he's joined the NHL, 27 goals, only 14 assists. So, uh, you know, so basically, yeah, basically um, that could go up. And I I totally think his goals are sustainable. So, um, so that should, should bode well for him. Uh, Brock, I'm going to step right in here with a Russian um, who's actually taking the spot of Taylor Hall, Nikita Gusev out in New Jersey, Right now, currently 19% owned. Um, this is someone who I, I actually couldn't believe his last couple games. 10 points in his last eight. Um, that's since our boy Taylor Hall left. Um, he's been on absolute tear. After only eight points through his first 20 games, Gusev has 16 in his last 20. Um, as he's become much more comfortable with the league and just everything around him. 
Um, after 20 games, he was actually among um, the leagues, even with those terrible numbers, he was among the leagues uh, higher of the 5v5 stats as he was just getting absolutely no playoff t- or power play time. But he now is stepping into the power play role, um, just in general, gelling much better with uh, Jack Jizzy Hughes, our boy, not our boy at all. But um, as a whole, Gusev's just, um, he's a guy who's just he's looked like he, he can sustain that first line role like they've uh, they were kind of hoping when they gave him big money. Yeah, $4 million, but still big money in the offseason. He's got seven goals, 17 assists on the year, and 87 shots. I'd like to see those shots go up a little bit. But as a whole, a guy who has 10 points in his last eight, only 19% owned again. So um, I like that, those numbers. And uh, someone who, uh, who who's proven very, very good at 5v5, which, which bodes well for fantasy, especially um, with him only increasing his power play time. Yeah, we talked about him a little while ago. Like you said, he was among the league leaders in points per 60 uh, and just wasn't playing enough. Now he's getting a, a full run in the top six, and the points have kind of come full circle. Um, it was basically exactly what we were calling for. Like, if you put this guy in your top six, this will happen. Should and work. If, if finally, it finally did, and that line's been great. I'm going to piggyback on that uh, because I have one of his line mates pegged as a, a pickup for me. Blake Coleman, 39% owned. Uh, since the middle of November, Coleman is tied to the likes of Agenti Malkin, Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos, and Brad Marchand with nine goals. Uh, he started the year with just four points in 16 games um, and was averaging just over two shots per game. But in the middle of November, something changed, something clicked for him. Uh, and since then, he's got 16 points in his last 24 games, um, but is tied for 16th in the NHL in shots with 77 or 3.2 per game. The shot volume is truly elite right now, and it appears to be getting stronger. Uh, I mean, it, almost on a regular basis, every third game, he's got seven shots yeah, on goal. It's just it's insane. It's good to see. Um, the main issue, though, obviously, with Coleman is he literally sees no power play time uh, or very little. Uh, but right now, when he's shooting you know, at almost five times a game on a regular basis uh, at even strength, that's fine with me. I mean, if, he, if you're going to continue to produce those shots, um, I don't, you know, you don't, it'd be nice to see him see power play time, but he doesn't. Uh, he obviously is a, is a guy that gets a little bit of a boost in banger leagues as well. Um, does kill penalties, so you might be able to get the odd shorthanded point out of him as well. But uh, this shot volume right now is elite, and he's like Gusev. Him, Zajac, and Coleman uh, are playing together a ton right now. Yeah, A lot of ice time to be had, even though he doesn't see power play time, but the shot volume is incredible. The goals have been there. So I like uh, Blake Coleman as well. I really like Nikita Gusev. I've been playing the two of them on DraftKings uh, a ton lately because cheap they're so hell. cheap. Yeah. And, I mean, Coleman gets six, seven shots in a night all the time, and Gusev picks up an apple almost every single night. So I like the two of them. Um, Zajac hasn't been producing the points, but those two on the wing have been uh, rock solid. Zajac never really does. I mean, he's been plugging a, a top six role. They play like for a shutdown role, but also years like in New Jersey. They play like a shutdown role, but also like play offensively. It's incredible. Yeah, how, yeah they're they're very similar to like they're like a uh, cheap man's like Montreal. One. Yeah, I mean he and he's done well in the past when he's played with a better lineman. Even in recent years, he's done some decent stretches when he's gotten to play with Paul Mary and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I think you know Zajac is probably worth a look in deeper leagues too. Uh, I believe he's just straight center, so that yeah. obviously hurts him. Yeah, for sure. Um, Maybe a spot starter. Yeah, I was nice gonna say schedule. more so streaming when yeah. the schedule lines up. I, I think Zajac just plays enough where if the Devils are ever playing on off nights, it makes a lot of sense yeah, to, to might, pick him up for the week. He might dump a puck too that someone grabs. Yeah, I mean if, they, if you get three games out of him, that's like literally sixty extra minutes you're getting yeah. out of a forward, right? With yeah. like we're saying, decent wingers to skate with. So um, just this is completely off topic, but before I forget it, I was just looking around earlier. Talk about and pickles, not this pickle. week, but the week after. The Islanders have five games. Ah, um, so cool. if you want to, if you're looking for streaming targets, not for next week, but the week after, just remember the Islanders have five games in a week coming up. Pretty incredible. You don't see that very often. Uh, I saw that. I was like, whoa, you don't see that ever. Um, but uh, D, do you have another pickup? Or, uh, uh, not really. I, I just wanted to shout out Nino. Uh, sure. Nino. I know, you know, we got it. He's kind of old yeah. on this podcast. At we this missed point. him. Uh, RIP. But I, I think you he's worth taking a look at at this point. He's just 22% owned. Might finally be turning the corner. He's got seven points in his last seven games. Shot volume still a tad low from what we saw from him last year. Uh, but I just still really like his upside so long as he's skating with Aho and Tara Vinen, And they've been pretty concrete with their lines over the last uh, 30 days or so. So uh, seems to just be set on that line moving forward. The ice time, uh, obviously a little discouraging just because of how evenly they split their minutes at even strength. And he's not getting the top power play time. Uh, but I think that line's productive enough at even strength that with the dual wing eligibility, he could be worth an ad if you're trying to get extra games in or if you just really need the roster spot right now with the, the two guys we were talking about earlier going down. Yeah, I mean, I think he had uh, assists in like four or five consecutive games. 
Um, and obviously, Aho, Teravine, and continue to rip it up. There should be no reason. I mean, this is what we expected at the start of the year. We wanted them to be together uh, to begin with the year, and it never really yeah. materialized for Niederreiter. Yeah, and then the issue is stall, the stall line still playing so much. So much. The hollow yeah. line's really emerged as a threat in its own right. So Howland Neches and... Um, Dzingle have been phenomenal. Oh, yeah. yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. It's crazy just the pieces that are working there. That that, just, they're that getting Justin Williams Nechaz or Nikas, however people want to pronounce Nechaz, it. He, he is He's incredible. And he's going to be, so, be so fucking good. Like, you're going to look back oh, yeah. on us saying this in two years, and he's going to be, like, just a stalwart keeper. In your Even, yeah, he's now. Gonna, he's incredible. I, I can't believe his own percentage is so low, and he's putting yeah. up numbers that's almost yeah, well, basically making him a, someone to look at in redraft. It's just the usage, right? Like it's It's not there yet. As much as they play, it's still. in keeper league, so how are people not just jumping? all over this guy yeah, like, yeah. but uh, again it's like even if they're the roster moving forward the next few years like it's not like there's a ton of minutes that are gonna be up for grabs there's in that not top gonna be a ton six, of especially on the wing right oh, I think you'd have that... to move to the center and kind of take over for stall if that yeah, would happen and he was drafted as a center too. so you would, you'd hope to see maybe in the future um stall kind of transition more to like a third a third line role yeah. with fogel and, and i think I say, fogel's not gonna keep line one going i don't think they will though because they just shut down the opposition this year at the very least yeah but like, hopefully, you can see it next year. It's like you know, Aho Tervanen on line one, and then line two is maybe they bring in somebody else. Because I don't know if Hal is the long term twenty minute per night answer with Netjas. But um, no, I think ideally he stays in that third line role. Yeah. But and, and yeah, you can't have how many third line centers can you have? So mm-hmm. there isn't a lot to move. Like there isn't a lot. Um, you're right. There's not a lot of moving pieces there where it would open up a lot of ice time for him. But I all if anyone's going up world, though. I think it's him in that roster. Yeah, I love him. Um, some someone though who uh. You know, we thought we probably were saying this about a couple of years ago. Um, we're talking about injuries in Pittsburgh. I got to mention a guy who's going to fill in Alex Galchenyuk, fourteen percent owned currently in Yahoo leagues. Um, as we mentioned, guys are going down like flies in Pittsburgh, and Sidney Crosby needs a new buddy. So that's where um, Alex Galchenyuk kind of falls in as of last game. So this is basically one of those ones where we talk about um, pay attention to who's playing with who because if he falls out of the spot, I really don't suggest owning Alex Galchenyuk. No, definitely not. Considering he only had 50 shots on goal across about 40 games before jumping up to the top line where he put up four shots the other night, getting getting an apple for himself. But Galchenyuk's proven to be a, a decent point getter throughout the NHL. He has, what was it, seven, no, sorry, six straight years of 40-plus points before this year, which is kind of surprising, especially with his ups and downs. I mean, that's not great, but that's also not something. Terrible. It's something that I'll, I'll roster as a spot start. Playing top line with Malkin and Brian Russ, who, by the way, Brian Russ is just fantasy all-star at the He's moment. So it makes absolutely no sense. Um, and then also playing second-line power play. Just someone to keep an eye on. Pittsburgh just is always going to excel or learning this. Um, doesn't matter who's in. Um, and Galchenyuk could be one of those pieces. They did trade for him to be someone who could play a bigger role, and uh, and now might be the time. So while they ride him, I like Galchenyuk, um, especially playing on that line that we said everything they touch is hot fire. Oh, so. They came out and said, like, basically, like, in times like this, like, we need Galchenyuk. To yeah. Stop. Like, it was like they, 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 they reached no out. no one the, else. Like, he needs to be the guy. Um, well, I played him in DraftKings last night. I thought he looked really good on that top line. Um, he's no Jake Gensel, but he played no. pretty well. Uh, I think a couple other guys to mention from that team. It's a guy I've on year in and year out, but no. uh, Patrick Hornquist. No, he makes a lot of sense. He's right just 40 yeah, percent he really does. He's on yeah. the top power play. He scored two goals last night. He had like nine shots on goal. Uh, he he looks good uh, since returning from injury. But yeah. also Jared McCann, 23% owned. Jared McCann um, is the big beneficiary of um, inter- also Galchenyuk moving to that top yeah. line. But McCann all moves back up to... Uh, that top power play unit kind of plays uh, at the point, has just a, a lethal shot. Yeah. Um, a guy that can score goals with, um, he'd be more of a short-term ad. Sidney Crosby was back at practice. Sidney Crosby was back on the top power play today. Uh, but he was in a non-contact jersey, so it doesn't. it's not really clear when he's going to be back. But in the short term, um, McCann makes a little bit uh, of sense in deeper leagues. Yeah. The fact that he's... I think, does too. But Hornquist, I think, is the real beneficiary, but he is only available in 52% of leagues. So uh, chances are he's yeah, not. I feel like that's pretty high. Like, oh, I was just going to say, the fact that point. Sid's actually working with the top power play unit, like normally that's a really good sign. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it is, for sure. If he was still a long uh, time away, especially with this new power play unit they're going to have to go to with Gensel out, it, it would make a whole lot of sense to give time there right so yeah it, was, it probably it was, does indicate that he's going to be back sooner than later yeah uh i fully expect like you said for galchenic to get at least two or three games there the thing with the penguins lineup the way it is right now their second and third lines are actually really good checking shutdown yeah, lines i don't think they want to mess with them too much at least the main combinations like i think they really want mccann with cahoon and then horquist makes sense there right now 
Uh, and then, yeah, Czar, Tanev, and Bluger yeah. uh, have like literally been one of the best shutdown lines in the NHL. This Every time season. you watch them, Tanev's on the ice. Like Tanev yeah, yeah. and Bluger out there. Yeah, constantly. they're not going to create a lot of offense, but like they just, it's like the facts align uh, a couple of years ago, not so much this year, but just really uh, a strong knack for slowing down the pace of play and just sucking all the offensive energy out of the game when mm-hmm. they're on the ice. Um, so I really don't think they want to mess with that. So I think, like you said, they need Galchenyuk to step up, and I think he's going to get a few games there. Uh, when Sid comes back, it's going to complicate things things inevitably but it's gonna it just makes them so much deeper uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do because like literally the reason they're winning games is because they're leaning on lines like that that and they are basically just suffocating teams um and then and that top that top line is doing all the damage and it's been crosby and gensel and then a third piece for the last you know year and a half going on two years now so what they do with sid is going to be interesting i'd imagine they put russ back with him well, um, it's just interesting because like you look at like how how they've been winning games without Sid and yeah. it's working. It's like how are you going to now yeah, transition like, back into having? Yeah, like, I, I think Hornquist plays with Malkin because we've seen that a lot over the years, more so than Hornquist with Crosby. Oh, yeah, Crosby, Malkin, Russ out of that. I think Russ probably there. Galchenyuk maybe, but I I mean they didn't seem to fit well earlier in the year. Um, I think Dominic Simon, also a guy that can move up to that top line. He looks great every back. time I watch them. I know he he doesn't get a lot of love yeah, from Pittsburgh yeah, fans. I feel like he's always flying around. I feel like he won't shots. go up if if Galchenyuk's there. They're yeah. not going to fourth line Galchenyuk. And uh, they have before, and like Crosby, like I said, Crosby and Galchenyuk just didn't mesh early. Which you know, I mean, they only saw a couple was, games yeah, together, short, but no one in Galchenyuk on Pittsburgh tends yeah, to has, make has, quick has. decisions about guys that he plays yeah. with. So. But anyways, Galchenyuk did look good there last night. I thought he looked good. He had four shots on goal. He picked up an assist yeah. on a on a horn quiz. And in the uh, short term, like I said, he's definitely worth owning because I think he's going to get at least the next few games there. Yeah, they got two games. Up. They're going to give him yeah. a real chance there. And that, like we said, that's that line. That's the yeah. only. And line then that's he could stick with Malkin after the fact. You know what I mean? So. They've got uh, two games this weekend. Uh, they're in Montreal uh, to take on the Habs on Saturday, which is uh, a pretty favorable matchup now that Brendan Gallagher is out of the lineup. Uh, that top line's probably going to struggle a little bit uh, without Gallagher. And then they have the Panthers coming to town on Sunday. And all the Panthers do is give up goals right now. So um, McCann, Galchenyuk, uh, Hornquist, all guys that are very interesting uh, to look at right now. I got one more uh, to talk about really quick. Boone Jenner, 27% owned. Boone. Uh, the Blue Jackets have been absolutely ravaged by injuries, as I mentioned earlier. And it's, just, it's forced them to lean on some of the very few big-name players that they have that are still he- healthy uh, especially Boone Jenner. In December, Jenner Big averaged 20 Boone. minutes and 47 seconds per game, which was 15th among forwards in the entire league. Uh, prior to December, he was playing just under 17 minutes a night and averaged 2.2 shots per game. In December, that jumped up to 2.7 shots. Uh, scored just two goals in the month thanks to a paltry 4.9 shooting percentage. Not a guy that shoots at a super high percentage, usually around 9, uh, but still 4.9 leaves a lot of room for growth uh, in that area uh with four games in a california road trip next week is the perfect time to add jenner the teams they play on the trip rank 26th 21st 13th and 9th in goals against over the last month uh so you know columbus should score some goals you'd think you know when you're in san jose and in los angeles and in anaheim uh and then they follow that up with another four game week so jenner isn't the long-term solution but with eight games in the next two weeks while playing nearly 21 minutes a night um, we take it's, those. It's, it's, it's impossible to find that on the wire. I mean, two four-game weeks, 21 minutes a night, uh, top-line center. Not going to put up a ton of points. Also a great banger league guy, but he's going to put up a decent number of points. Lots of shots for you as yeah, well. Yeah, hopefully score some goals. Yeah. Uh, and you can also find that on the wire in his linemate, Gustav Nyquist, mm-hmm. who I know we just talked about uh, a couple weeks ago. But dueling eligibility, I think he's slightly more available than Jenner, probably because of the banger thing. Uh, but I think he's just like right around 25% on. Um, so yeah, Goose probably worth a look as well. If Jenner's yeah, 26% owned right now. Brock's yeah. boy Goose. Yeah. Brock's boy Goose. And you know, Bjorkstan just like the saddest thing to happen. I know he's crushing it too. And he's so making good. us look so good. He was the only know. guy. Like, Sorry, we still got Brock Nelson to lean on to, um, to Jenner in terms of ice time on that team. Like it was like, Jenner was playing like crazy, <laughs> yeah. but then him and Bjorkstan were playing like 21 minutes. Like, he, he was just so on much. fire. Yeah. It was oh, horrible. Horrible. scoring. So, oh, yeah, right, it. it was just, oh, but all right. Uh, we're going to finish off the first half of this podcast with our first half fantasy hockey all-stars. Um, not necessarily just all the guys you would think about. I mean, in some cases, definitely. Uh, but we leaned a little bit on ADP and stuff as well. Uh, so we're going to talk about our first half fantasy all-stars. And then when we come back after the Blue Stones in the second half, we're going to talk about uh, who we think is going to lead the NHL in goals, in points, in wins, and in the splits, goals against, and save percentage in the second half of the season. Um, lots of signs pointing towards specific guys having big breakout second halves. Uh, and then, of course, when we finish 
Uh, or we will finish the show, I should say, uh, with weekend streamers, as we always do. But uh, let's start with our first half All-Stars. Beebs, we'll go to you here. Who is your first half fantasy MVP? Okay, so I, I'd like to start this with a quote from the late, great gold member. Um, I love goals! Uh, I switched it up a little bit there. But David Pasternak, goal leader um, of the NHL right now. My current MVP for the per- first half. First in league goals. Fourth in league points. Fourth in shots. He's got a 30-30. First in game winners. 30-30 in the first half. And yeah. he's got an absolute 30-30 in the first fucking half. Um Top 30 in league-wide, plus-minus. He is not hurting anyone in any category whatsoever. In fact, this guy is just thriving so much, it's ridiculous. Um, add to the fact he is a right-winger on what is a generally pretty weak fantasy position. Um, we got our MVP. It's tough to take one away from McDavid or my boy McKinnon. But, um, you know, like you guys said, a 30-30 at the All-Star break is absolutely ridiculous. 25 power play points. Not even at the All-Star break. Yeah, and if you're in a banger league, 30 penalty minutes, which is actually kind of sick. So, uh, I mean, for those crazy, ridiculously dumb leagues that count penalties, he's even helping you there. As I mentioned, six game-winning goals. He's just, if you count those, he's boosting your team to a whole other level. He's winning weeks for you in that category. And 165 shots. We love shots. I see it. You know, it's going to slow down a bit, but not a ton. Um, and this is a guy where we just, you know, this is this is all you could have hoped for oh, from David Pasternak. He's been incredible. Night in and night out. Um, you just go look at the Boston scoreboard, and he's there. They score a goal, it's like Pasternak, this is from Marshawn and yeah, Bergeron. Just, <laughs> Every goal, it's fucked. Just ridiculous. But that's my MVP. Um, I don't own him on anything, so I'm kind of sad about it, but, you know. Yeah, I don't have him in any leagues this year either. Would be nice. Uh, D, who are you guys, your MVP? I'll go John Carlson. Uh, He's come back down to earth of late, but still remains as productive as any blue liner in the league. Eight points in his last 11 games. That's his cold streak this season. Uh, He's got a D man. He's got 13 goals and 37 assists on the year. That's 50 points in just 41 games. Uh, That kind of production from the back end really is invaluable. And you throw in the fact that his ADP was just 45.3. And I, I think he's really in the argument for the most value returned on draft day. So I'll go with Carlson. Uh, that's fair he's been out of this world we were higher on him than most brock but that still was just third overall oh. among fantasy defensemen you weren't 50 points in 41 games high on him? not that high i mean <laughs> i that's crazy no one was that yeah high we put him in the he same tier as burns and carlson if that saves yeah. us anything which i like i said i think we were higher on him the most but could not have possibly expected <sighs> nobody saw this coming. No. it's on pace for 100 john carlson d-man see this coming yeah even he was like i, I don't know i fantasy would have never MVP. expected to do that yeah. uh my fantasy mvp is jack eichel um uh, a guy that i was very high on coming this season uh, i think a lot of us expected uh, a breakout season a career year for jack eichel and that is exactly what he's given us uh, for me he's too. my 80 or my uh MVP because of his ADP, um, similar to you with John Carlson. Uh, unlike a guy like Pashnak or McDavid or all these other players that are lighting it up, Eichel was drafted 31st overall on average. Uh, so basically a borderline third round pick, and he's been lights out. Uh, 26 goals, 28 assists in 41 games. So almost a 30 30 season but it's uh, not. At, at the midway point for him. <laughs> it's as an MVP. Well. But you got him three rounds later. Yeah, well, to Beebs' credit, Pashnak was like end of first, early second. So. Yeah, Still, he was like a, yeah, he was eighth, I think, yeah, which is incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, twenty six goals, twenty assists, fifty four points for Pasternak, the midway point of the season, uh, trailing just behind David Pasternak. Eichel's got uh, one hundred and forty two shots, so not too yeah, far behind. You heard it. Um, yeah. But <laughs> I, I call him Pasternak. You called yeah. Eichel Pasternak, but it's yeah, like, I fixed it. I, everyone, I, got people it. Will get yeah. it because yeah, in a roundabout already, way, I got back. We yeah. already established uh, the thirty. Eichel, sorry, fifty four points in forty one games. He's been go. incredible. Um, Stupid Shooting percentage good. is at 80, 18% right now, not 80, 18%, which is much higher than his 10% uh, career shooting percentage. But this is something that we talked about coming into the year, um, making a case for him to be a huge breakout this year was that that should go up with a guy uh, of his caliber. Uh, and it has this year. Uh, I don't know if 18 is going to be sustainable. We've seen that come down. But um, mm. still, just a fantastic return in the early Plays season. Plays for your favorite city. The one thing that is pretty unfortunate uh, is boy... <laughs> Victor Olofsson down uh, out five to six weeks as of today. Yep. Um, so that's going to definitely hurt um, their first ha- or their first line. Sorry. Yeah. So um, first has M- MVP. So he's good. Yeah. I'm just going to stick right here because my fantasy rookie was Victor Olofsson. There we go. Um, Olofsson was just incredible in the first half. Uh, leads all. Are you second on the Sabres in goals and points? He's got 16 goals, 35 assists 
right now. Uh, he was one of my favorite rookies coming to the year. I drafted him in every single league I'm in, uh, and the return have, has been incredible. I went borderline undrafted, though, um, so his, he's just been sensational. Yeah. Uh, leads all rookies in those categories, goals and assists yep. and points. Uh, or sorry, goals and points. Um, he's Kale so f- McCarr getting hurt probably helped that a little bit, yeah, but this yeah. is a huge blow. Uh, he really did have a case for rookie of the year going, but he's going to be out to the, you know, to the end of February at this yeah, point. Yeah, but I mean, McCarr's hurt too, so you never yeah. know. He's back. He's back. Uh, he's back. Yeah, I'm kidding. So, yeah, he's probably done for it. Um, but the one thing I, I would say, like, obviously that power play just got off to such a ridiculous start. Mm-hmm. So that, that padded his stats pretty early, but he's been consistent enough. It's just funny. Cause we talk about the, these sort of guys all the time where it's like, yeah, if he, you know, plays first line all season, he could put up some decent numbers, but, uh, doesn't usually happen that way mm-hmm. where the coach will actually give kind of an unproven guy, you know, a full season alongside Eichel and Reinhardt for the most part. It was so. nice too, because he he started off on a tear, and you know Brock was flexing like, oh, yeah. but then uh, he started to go cold, and 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 I know myself as an Olsen owner in a keeper league, I was getting worried. I was like, shit, well, this is where it happens. This, this is, is the end. Is down, it. whatever. Trade him now, and I'm telling people online, don't trade him, don't trade him, and worried, you know, okay, yeah. I'm gonna look dumb. And it's nice to it was it was a breath of fresh air to see a coach actually stick to a guy and it work after you know he goes three games without a point and it's fine because that happens to everyone. But yeah, um, the real reason I liked him as a breakout coming into the year is because when he did get called up last year, he was featured on that line. Like it was like it was their plan kind of to put him with Eichel and it and it did stick. Uh, the one thing that was so crazy was like I think it was his like first. Um, eight career NHL goals were all on the power play. Um, it wasn't until he scored his seventh goal of his career that it, it yeah, finally that, came on. That was a little scary. Uh, but since then, he's added seven even strength goals to nine power play goals. So uh, a lot to like about him. But yeah, now the injury, this is super unfortunate. Uh, but hey, they just traded for Michael Froelich, so maybe he'll fix things. Um, Biebs, <laughs> who's your fantasy rookie of the first half? Um, I think it's pretty obvious who I had to go with here. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Not a defenseman, but no, it is uh, Cal McCarr out in uh, out in Colorado. This one, as I mentioned, quite easy. Uh, Thirty-one points in thirty-three games. Really, the only thing that slowed him down was that injury that D mentioned prior. Um, took away eight games from a boy, but that's okay because he needed Olson to kind of make a case. Um, but that's all right. Um, so besides those eight games, uh, this is a guy where we're talking about among just overall top fin- top ten fantasy D men, let alone. Um, fantasy rookie d-man we brought up a stat a couple years ago brock brought it up with delene that no rookie d-man had gotten over 40 points in the last i believe it was 15 years i think it was over um, 50 yeah over 50 okay well either way it's getting absolutely crushed by mccarr this year if he can stay healthy um as mentioned um just under a point per game a couple numbers for him here um his nine goals are ninth among all defensemen again this is after missing eight games he's fifth in points among all defensemen and only behind John Carlson and Roman Yossi for points per game, and second in game-winning goals among all players as a whole, not even just defensemen, as he has four. Makar's just not only been someone you roster with hopes that he will be good, he's someone who's been leading you and been a D1 on your squad this year. Um, this isn't even a rookie we're talking about. We're talking about a guy who's pitching for the best D-man yeah. this fantasy season, so it's, it's quite obvious who I had to give this one to. A little biased, but not really whatsoever. Also, something I should mention, a lot of people um, bring up his uh, his inflated shooting percentage, but the thing is, Brock mentioned it a couple podcasts ago, he's also leading the league in post-hit. I'm not sure if that stat still stands, yeah, I don't know if it's but, uh, league, but he, he was, was up there at that point. I think he had like nine at that point, mm-hmm. so even if he hit one or two along that, he's in the double digits. He could digits. be shooting like... 40%. Yeah. <laughs> and at nine goals right now, he could, uh, you take half of those and he's at 15. Nonetheless, I'll take nine out of 33 games. This guy's ridiculous. And uh, we'll be talking about him at the end of the year. As the just going back to that rookie stat, uh, it was 50. Uh, but even just s- since um, 2000 and 2001, uh, only 12 rookie defensemen over 40 points, um, four of which were all, you know, right on the nose, 40 points. Currently on that list, we have. Um, Kale McCarr sits 35th with 31 <laughs> points, but he's only played 33 games. So um, I think that there's a strong possibility for him to, to go over 50 um, as a rookie defenseman. They're few and far between. Uh, we mentioned how McCarr and Darlene were kind of the two guys that might be able to do it. Darlene fell just short, uh, but McCarr really he looks special. Just I just play on that top power play unit. There's just, yeah. it's incredible. Like and he's so yeah. good. He's so, so good. Like, and he's I been doing that with, with them technically having a pretty broken lineup. When you think about it, a lot of those games were no Landis Cognorian. And so you talk about that with the power yeah, play. They haven't played, they've been played with well. a full healthy lineup a yeah. lot this year. It's been very few games yeah. for sure. And when they do, they put up a seven spot on St. Louis like last night. 
Yeah, I, I love both of your picks. If I was being honest, my pick would be Makar. Uh, yeah, but just to give a little bit more love, I'll talk about Quinn Hughes. Hell yeah, because uh, this could potentially be another guy that breaks that fifty point plus. It's actually a year. shame that this guy's having this season with Makar doing what he is. Yeah, he it, deserves no, it would, way uh, more credit. It would be crazy if yeah. you know it hasn't happened since the 2000, 2001 yeah. season, and they both do it this year. Rookie defenseman topping fifty points. Um, but yeah, we talk about how difficult it is for rookie defensemen to provide actual fantasy value, and Hughes has done that. Four goals, 25 assists in 40 games, 16 power play points. Uh, so he just needs to average really a half a point per game for the rest of the season yeah. to touch that 50-point uh, plateau. So well within reason for Hughes as well. Uh, playing a lot of minutes for Vancouver on all situations, like John Carlson Hughes has drastically outperformed his ADP. 137.6, on average a 35th blue liner off the board. So he's my fantasy rookie of the first half. I just think he's worth giving yeah. some love here. Oh, same yeah. list. I mentioned Makar's 35th. He's 44th. Same list. Only played half a season. So they're both going to for sure creep into the top uh, top 10, if not top two by the end yeah, of the You'd imagine they would imagine. at least... Well, obviously Makar and Hughes would at least join that 40-point uh, list. And yeah, I, I, you know, I do think they both have a real good chance of topping 50 points this year. Makar, obviously. Not even talking we, first talk overall about, pick, Jack Hughes. We That's always go crazy. back to this because it's funny. But number one on that list since 2000, Dion Phaneuf, 49 Oh yeah, it's always a good time. But anyways, that is the. Big oh season. no, sorry, we have one more. No, we do not have one more. I'm an idiot. Um, that's the end of the first half of the DFA. No Vezna's. We don't. We don't want to talk we about goalies. Goalies. Do goalies. 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 Guys, just forgetting about goalies completely. <laughs> um, our favorite topic. All right, Beebs, we'll start with you. We can rip through though. Oh, super quick. Darcy Kemper. Um, straight up, he's been hurt since mid December. Darcy Kemp, I R. Kemper. Kemper. Um, I don't even know, but um, yeah, who would have thought we'd be here saying this? But uh, Can't but yeah, now we are. He's first time All Star, good for him. Thought we for sure we'd be sitting here saying anti ranta. Absolutely, we might be for Darcy second Kemper's half. The best goalie in hockey, apparently. Although super injured at the moment, which is too bad. I can't buy um, he's been hurt since mid December, which has actually been three three team wins for anti ranta. So overall, he's still eleventh league wide in wins at this point of the year. Add on those three more, and he would have been in the top five. Sure. Um, but then again, you know, they would have been a split regardless. It's, they were three and three during that stretch. Um, he probably would have won five over that. Yeah. Stretch. Re- yeah. Probably all six. Uh, <laughs> he's first in save percentage among starters and first in goals against among starters as well. I've just been an absolute beast in almost every category. And just someone who, if we're going to mention that, you know, you're getting a value pick for Eichel at 31, oh, people yeah. are getting a value pick for Kemper at 482 that he's probably ADP'd at right here. Um, <laughs> that's not a real number. Uh, regardless. No, he was so, probably like 160. Yeah, he so. probably was. But um, <laughs> Kemper's just been absolutely crazy. He's got two shutouts this year, which is set, tied for second league wide. I mean, the lead is only three regardless <laughs> he still has two and so does just about 15 other tendies in the league um Kemper's been unbelievable and uh and I love it it's good to see for a guy that uh just was not even a good backup a few years ago um, I, I, you know. I the only time I ever saw Darcy Kemper live he got pulled Minnesota yank no he was in Arizona last year Arizona they came to Detroit right before he got hot he just got yanked they shelled him for like five goals Aiden Hill came in I think scored in his own net they were just a tire <laughs> fire uh now he's just the best goal in the league it's incredible as we all uh, predicted. Or D, sorry, who is your uh, Vesna? I'm going with the homer pick here, Frederick Anderson. Uh, Freddie's been a horse for the Leafs this year. Finally gets to make his first all-star appearance, uh, which is pretty crazy because he's been arguably the Leafs' best player for the last three seasons. He's uh, one of the best boys in the NHL yeah, for the last yeah, three right? seasons. But, I mean, Vasilevsky and then Price as basically gets the automatic nod because Montreal needs someone. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's had a couple poor stretches with the amount of games he's played. I think that's understandable. Leads the NHL with 21 wins. He's got a two-point cushion there. Uh, he also owns a 916 save percentage. And I really do think he's the most reliable goalie in fantasy hockey this season because you know you're getting four starts out of him every week. Uh, and obviously with how good the Leafs have been under Keefe, you like his uh, chance to win more of those games than not. So he's going to pile on the wins. And if you're in a league with saves, uh, Freddie's going to reward you big time as well because the Leafs give up a ton of shots. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 40, I, I think... 46 last And year? there are a lot of leagues that do count saves, uh, and not just over save percentage, but including save percentage, if you can so believe weird. it. Yeah. So um, and I think in those kind of formats, Talk Freddie's like far and away the best goalie to own. Uh, so, yeah, big time Freddie guy, obviously. Uh, so I got to give him a little love yeah, here. There's two Ds in Freddie. That's kind of why. That's where I'm coming from. Yeah, yeah. that's got to be it. Um, my uh, <laughs> midseason Vesna winner, uh, I can't even believe I'm about to say this, is Tristan Jari. Um, yeah, that's I, even more ridiculous than, than me Kemper. saying Kemper. Um, but, I mean, he was picked up like a month ago. Uh, but this guy leads the NHL in goals against average with a 1.94. Leads the NHL in save percentage with a 9.36. Hey, he's not among starters, he though. He is 
he is that's Kemper got 13 wins um, <laughs> which is tied for 19th in the league uh, and he's only played 20 games 21 games Ooh, usually 20 is the no 17 games he's there only, we go he's, boom he's, he's only 17? All right, he he's only used, he's only had 17 starts I knew it no dude that he qualifies right, did games, he played, games played is only 13 right now he's qualifies oh okay he qualifies all right Kemper Yari is tied for 19th in the NHL and wins despite only playing 17 games guys 13 5 and 1 he's done that in like a month's work it's incredible. Yeah, he's, he's pulling, unbelievable. pulling a Bennington. Um, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It just yeah. screams. He's, he's a he's a Bennington. Yeah. Um, but With so he's basically worst team in front of him. he's basically put together a body of work um, that a lot of these other guys did over yeah. the full start of the season. And can we just force him out for Casey to Smith, my boy? Because clearly, just like the What's most he doing? unfortunate. Okay, so that was hilarious. The, well, the worst thing he did was sign that contract because yeah. no one can afford to pay their backup more than the minimum, apparently. Yeah. So, so he just got called up, and everyone's like, "Oh fuck!" Like. Yari's dead. Like he's he's hurt. Nope. They're just resting Yari up. So DeSmith is going to Montreal to back up Murray on Saturday, but then they play in Pittsburgh on Sunday at five PM. So they're just leaving Yari at home to make sure he's fresh and then he's gonna probably show wow, up. That's unreal. Panthers. Yeah. Maybe so. DeSmith gets in. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Takes his Murray letting in another hey, They're gonna have traded Murray. It's gonna be Send Yari and DeSmith. They might. Forward. But uh, anyway, that's how you get the most value out of it. And then you're paying your goalies like a combined two mil. Yeah. Uh, That was the first half of season 19. There's season five, episode 19 of Daily Face Up podcast brought to you by our friends at Odd Shark. Uh, Let's fire it over to our other friends, the Blue Stones. And we will see you guys back here in 60 seconds. Goalies are so broken down. So I walk the line. I drop my wounds and I die. I'm out of money. I'm out of time. Like a broken arrow The time slows and my vision arrows I'm out of money, I'm out of time Sing your hearts out, sing it loud Make me happy, make me proud Black holes, solid ground Black holes, solid ground A thousand voices set on free Because it's Welcome back to Season 5, Episode 19 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. A very Steve Azirman episode of the DFO Podcast. He's probably loving being in uh, the check right now, eh? Just watching all the Red Wings prospects. Watching your boy, Mo Cedar. What a stud. Tear it up for Germany as they try not to get regulated. Joe Valeno looking like a surefire fourth-line center that can play some PK minutes. So yeah, stud. Joe Sackett sitting next to him going, "Hey, you see our Finnish goalie who shot out the U.S. the other night? Yeah, gonna get lit up by Canada tomorrow, though. Yeah, can't wait. Let's be honest. Can't wait. I don't know. Bart Scott, about. can't wait. They're so they're so Finland structured. Mm-hmm. Like, they're legit. Just like they're in, in any tournament, like best on best juniors, they've just put themselves in the conversation of that same kind oh, yeah. of four or five countries that can just potentially win it. They've become really a no Like, they're so way. suffocated defensively. And, like, watch them against the U.S. Like, their transition game was so incredible. Like, they oh, were yeah. just, like, they would, like, just suffocate you in the defensive zone. And then all of a sudden, there was just, like, two wingers flying up the ice in transition. It was like, how do they just keep doing this? World it was all game. So generating awesome. chance after chance after chance. <laughs> yeah, and they just... Uh, what the lack they? of defense is just incredible. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, but I, I feel like it. that crew, though, they've been together. Like, it's kind of like the U.S. development program. They've just been, like, we're starting to see it now. Where they've been together so long that they actually have these systems that work yeah i think i think it just a mix of bags and i think it was somebody tweeted out yesterday um i think he was like an echl general manager and it was just basically like a a philosophical like just difference in all of united states hockey where i think it's like the complete opposite when you look at like finland finland and canada and stuff like that it's like they they know like what how we play like this is how this is how we play hockey this is how we're gonna play hockey at the international level yeah. and then they just do it well i think u.s it's just all yeah i think canada it's a lot more of a, a mess too um whereas like 
those European countries like Sweden and Finland in particular, like there's really seems to be like a structure from the national yeah. system down yeah. to the minor league system and how they want to bring up their players and how they want to coach the game. They play uh, such a structure. And what they want to the develop. Yeah. And it's really showed. It's um, starting to show now. Yeah. You saw it both with the, the goaltending for both countries. And now it's really just come full circle. Um, just the emphasis they put on developing individual skill. Uh, and I just, yeah, I don't think it's that fluid in uh, US or Canada. Yeah. yeah. The crazy thing, I just can't believe we got way off the rails here, but I can't believe like how bad almost every single year like Canadian goaltending is. And it's not like it's been super bad this year, but just like in terms of like, there's so few like yeah. elite goaltending prospects. And in it Canada, was its, it's like, strength last year it's too. Great, yeah, you got Carter Hart and stuff, but it's just like. On the, most of the time, it's like they are not the the upper echelon of goaltending. It, it just makes no sense to me how we continue to just turn out the best centers and wingers and defensemen in the, in the whole world, and we just can't figure out goaltending. Well, we got like one or two at a time, so that's yeah, all we yeah. Need, one right? or two. That's all you need. <laughs> There's enough yeah. kids that play tendy, so yeah, yeah. Let let Finland have five all star goaltenders. Uh, yeah, but I I mean if I. If I had to guess, I mean, there's really just no emphasis put on individual coaching for goaltenders. Yeah, that's what uh, it is. In Canadian. I mean, I, obviously in the GTA and, and stuff like that, there's yeah, a lot of even there, it's not camps. as much as I don't think. Uh, yeah, but I, I, when we're playing here, like even the best rec league team, it's not like they really have uh, a qualified designated goalie. No, coach the, all the goalie's doing is just taking shots. Take shots. Yeah, yeah, stand there and just take take reps. About a yeah. hundred of them. Exactly. So we're basically just relying on individual talent. Yeah. So we got some catching up to do for sure. We'll get there. But uh, you Michael guys want to get back to fantasy hockey here? Yeah. All right. Second half leaders. Goals, points, wins, goals against average and save percentage as a combined statistic. Uh, who we think are going to lead. Uh, I went a little bit off the board for most of mine. So I'm going to defer here yep. uh, to you guys. D, we'll go right back to you. Who's leading the NHL in goals in the second half of the season? I'm going to go out on a limb here. No, you won't. And say Alex Ovechkin. Crazy. Whoa. <laughs> Crazy. Chill. My reasoning, he's still shooting more than anyone. He leads the league with 196 shots on goal. He's on pace for 392. Plays on both power play units, over 20 minutes a night. Uh, really the safest pick you can make here. And if we're being honest, I think he's the odds-on favorite, right? So yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I got Ovi. I'm going the uh, second odds-on favorite because if we're being honest, uh, got to go with young Ovi, Nathan McKinnon. 191 shots, second in the league. Only five behind. Dings boy! Ovi, mm-hmm. um, he's fourth in league goals with 25. He puts up about 28 to 29 through the second half through his other 41. I could see him taking that honor. Um, and as a whole, he's just, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the health hasn't been there in Colorado. There are now people to take away the top defenders on other teams. It's not just eight on Nate. Um, we're, I don't know, eight, just Ryan, but we all five guys <laughs> essentially on him. Sure. Um, you know what I mean? But um, overall, you know, Nathan McKinnon, I got to make a case for him. Had to bring his name up. Couldn't. Go MVP. So I'm giving him the goal award. Um, all right. I went up. I did not go third odds on favorite, I don't think. But I went with not Max Pacioretty. Um, Pacioretty had just two goals on 57 shots, which is 3.5 shooting percentage in October. Uh, but is tied for ninth in the NHL in goals with 16 and fourth in shots since November 1st. Plus, the Pacioretty-Stevenson stone line leads the NHL in expected goals four per 60. So I like the chances of Pacioretty continuing to go off in the second half. So... You know, bit of an eccentric pick there. Uh, should probably shout out David Pasternak and Austin. Yeah, Matthews, absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah, two reasonable. I, I, did, I did not take um, either one of them because I thought for sure <laughs> two you were going threats. Austin Matthews, and yeah. you were for sure going David Pasternak since you already talked about him. But yeah, absolutely. No, I uh, couldn't no double dip, to think. as I said. In oh, when I earlier. when I pick last and Ovi's still there, I'm gonna take. Yeah. It. Uh, gonna okay. Take if, if if we're being honest here, I probably would have went Matthews. Um, and that will be reflective in my yeah. second. I like the. Ever since it's more of a dark horse pick with Pacioretty, but I like it. The expected goals for man, they've just been outstanding. Um, I might as well piggyback because hammer it points. I have leading Mitch Marner uh, because since Sheldon Keefe took over as Maple Leafs head coach, all the Maple Leafs have done is score goals. Marner uh, missed some time while while Keefe took over, uh, but since then is tied for third in the NHL in points per game with 1.5 po- four, posting 20 points, seven goals, 13 assists in 13 games. Um, Talk so- about the ice time. Yeah, ice time is just incredible. They just continue to uh, roll those top two Yeah, he's two playing lines. like 22 minutes yeah, a night. Night in and night out. Uh, and, and you often see Matthews, Tavares, Marner out there together. Uh, Keith is doing a really good job of making fantasy owners happy, uh, guys that own those leads. So uh, I think, though, you know, it doesn't make any sense that I, I didn't pick Austin Matthews to lead the goal, uh, NHL in goals uh, based on the Marner pick. 
uh, especially since they're playing together right now. But, Love to uh, see it. Only took three years to put your two best players together. Yeah, who would have yeah, thought? thought that would be the Shocker. thing that would work? Uh, but uh, who do you guys have leading the NHL in points here in the second half? Beebs? Um, I'm going a tiny bit off the board as well, but not really. Artemi Panarin out in New York. Um, this is a guy who went on incredible. A, he went on a casual ten point streak over three games uh, last week, which is absolutely wild. Um, basically, now that Sabin and Jad's healthy, um, Panarin just you know seems to be absolutely thriving. Toss in a bigger uh, a big second half, not big, but bigger second half from a, a little guy named Capo Caco, um, and basically all of this is lining up for Panarin quite well. He leads the NHL in points over the last thirty days, second in goals over that time, sixth in shots. All things that if he can keep up. Um, should bode well for him closing out the year. He's averaging over 20 minutes of ice a game. We love ice, and we know that New York loves, absolutely loves to ride their top line. So why not be the bread man? Yeah, and it's like the top six at this point. Yeah. Like Zibanejad line is going to play a lot too, Freaking but it, it's it's worked out to the point where uh, it's so clear cut be, between that point, right? Like their top six is just yeah. so much better than their bottom six. And that's where having... the Ryan Strom thing is still working. It's yeah. crazy. It's Bo- both of those crazy. lines are, are so gonna, well. Yeah, yeah, both of those lines are probably going to play over 15 minutes of even strength puck at night. Yeah. Um, I think Sabinajad coming back has just really taken away like a lot of the pressure, not pressure, but just on Panarin and you know it's, they're not. It's yeah, not and it's really line. just solidified their lines, right? Yeah. Like you have Sabinajad and Kreider, then you have Strom and Panarin. Uh, and those are two duos that have clearly worked for them, at least in creating offense. Like Panarin, though, Strom, is- say what you want about his defensive game, but they're creating uh, the, the entire time they play together. They're so just creating chances. a lot of offense. So from a fantasy perspective, uh, Strom uh, still a must own in my opinion. His own oh, percentage yeah. a little bit low, but at least uh, I think he's just like he's a fine, uh, I guess, supplier or provider for Artemi Panarin. I'm not worried about the fact that Strom centering his line. I don't think Panarin could have ever expected this to go. Any Anywhere close to as good as it's gone. He's currently on pace for 113 points, which would yeah. blow away. And he started his slow high too. Of 87 points, which he set last year. So yeah, uh, yeah. on pace for. A well, they came out of the gate absolutely season. flying, and then they didn't yeah. play their second game for like a week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true. Uh, but who do you have there, D? Uh, again, you guys are getting a bit cute here. I'm gonna go with Connor McDavid to lead the <laughs> NHL in points over the second half of the season. I think this happens every year when we do this. Uh, he's amazing, and he plays over 22 <laughs> minutes a night. Uh, so that's enough for me. I think the only forward that plays more than him is Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, <laughs> so that's his but that competition. that was when they were playing together. I don't think that's going to... I think that'll change a little uh, well, bit. Well, I mean, Leon? when they play separate, they still, they still both play, play a lot. Yeah, yeah, still play a shit ton. Yeah. Leon just comes out, I've been shit. <laughs> I've been so <laughs> shit. I've been not good. Yeah, well, I mean... Probably yeah, just a coincidence that it coincided with him moving off of McDavid's wing and centering his own line, right? Weird how that happens. Yeah. Um, all right, wins. three points. D- or Beebs, I know we got the same guy, uh, so I'll just read off my stats, and if you have anything to add, go Say for it. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky's my pick. Uh, I didn't get too cute with this one. Since the start of December, the Lightning are second in the NHL in expected goals for, and second in the NHL in expected goals against per 60, uh, showcasing that they are definitely the elite team we thought they were, they and that they're getting back on track yeah, and back. looking more like the team that we saw last year. Vasilevsky yeah. has been near, hasn't been nearly as good as he was last year, uh, but with an absolutely dominant team in front of him, he should be able to turn things around in the goals against and save percentage categories, uh, but also I think that makes him a front runner to lead the NHL in wins in the second half of the season. Beeps, anything to add? Essentially just toss that down. Also, um, one of the threats going for him, Jordan Bingington, has Jake Allen playing way too good behind him. So that's just something I want to mention. That's why I took Vasilevsky over them. Um, another, I thought you were going to go with the patented Beebs line. He's Andre Vasilevsky. I thought about it. Um, I was just going to honestly sit there and stare at you until uh, just ride off what you said. But also <laughs> the only person who I thought who could compete, um, I'm sure Dylan D's going to drop him right here. Yeah, you're, you right guys now. are forgetting about the real threat here, oh. and that is Freddie. Got to give him a little bit more love here. I, I, But really, it makes a lot of sense. The Leafs have clearly turned a corner, like we talked about. They're 13-4-1 under Sheldon Keefe, uh, and Fred is in line for more work than really any other starter in the league, yeah. um, save for the Maple Leafs maybe making a move down the stretch, but it really doesn't seem like that's the way the front office wants to go. Shocking he's saying this in a Maple Leafs. Yeah, they just don't want to give up assets for a backup goalie because they know it really doesn't matter come playoff time. So if Fred can get them there, uh, which he's shown he can. He's going to play a lot, like I said. He's already got a two-win cushion on everyone else. I know that doesn't matter. Just we're looking at second-half stats. Um, hey, but if he did it in the first half, he can do it in the second half. Right, with how bad the Leafs were to start the season, too. So, uh, again, like the Lightning, they look like the team we thought they were now with Keith uh, running the show. So, Freddie's going to continue to play a bunch, like I said. Might even play some full sets of back-to-backs. 
uh, which he's kind of proven he it's can do. It's crazy how many goals he's given up because they just play so offensively. Like his splits are going to take a hit. Like they have taken a hit on your keeper. Well, his save percentage is fine. Games. It's just the goals against average, yeah. and we're talking about who's yeah. going to get the most wins here. Based on so much action. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, and he's still the goals against is still two point six, so it's like well within reason. It's not going to kill you, uh, or really shouldn't on a it's weekly basis. Not a basis, Jimmy Howard four point six seven. Yeah, and like I said, if you're playing saves, he's Jimmy like Howard. by far the best goalie to own. So. so I just need to bring up that goals against. Yeah. yeah. So I like Freddie. I, I I think he's got a, a real chance to make a run at he's it. He's this guy. He actually um, has a nine twenty save percentage under Keith, which is crazy. Damn. Two point five eight goals against average. Um, I'm just gonna go back to Tristan Jari while we move <laughs> along here to goals against and save percentage because you think he's gonna keep this up. Uh, all I year? really didn't think that this was gonna be something that comes out of my mouth. Uh, but. Ridiculous. It doesn't look like he's going to give the job up. Uh, it looks like it's, you know, last time we were on the air, I think we talked about how we still think Matt Murray will get some starts. I don't know if that's the case anymore. It really doesn't look like it is. Um, the Penguins have done an absolutely fantastic job getting by with all of their injuries, and they will be getting Sidney Crosby back soon. Um, even with Jake Gensel out, that is obviously a massive addition. Uh, Brian Dumoulin, Justin Schultz will be back on that blue line in the, you know, sometime in the, in the next month or so, you would imagine. Um, and, Really, we talked about it earlier. They've been one of the best defensive teams in the NHL all season long. Yeah. Uh, they've been doing a great job. It's going to be interesting to see what happens when Crosby comes back. But um, if they were able to do all of this without Sidney Crosby, I can't imagine it's going to get any worse with him in the lineup. Yeah, I, I like Jari here too. He was my pick uh, to lead the league in splits moving forward. Uh, he obviously, he's just clearly a very talented goaltender. And the Penguins, like you said, have done an outstanding job of limiting shots and scoring chances against this year, which should keep just his goals against average low by default. Uh, probably some save or some regression coming for that save percentage, but he's still got yeah, a long not, way to fall. We're not fall. expecting him to post a 940. Exactly. But. And I think the other thing he has working for him when we're just looking at splits is the fact that Murray is still going to play a lot of games regardless of how well Jari plays. Um, so best case, he's kind of a 1A, 1B, which should keep him fresh. Uh, the whole way through has obviously worked for him to this point. So, uh, yeah, a lot to like about Tristan Jari right now. That's for, that's for true. I just I, I can't I can't buy into the whole Tristan Jari trend. So I had to go with someone who's a little more proven. Ben Bishop out in Dallas currently. He's only behind Jari and Kemper among all. Oh, sorry, and Tukarask among all starting goaltenders. Um, for goals against average, and he's not far off the lead. And this is starting majority of their games. As well as save percentage, he's only behind, again, your guys' boy, Jari, and my my boy, Darcy Kemper, mm-hmm. for all um, eligible starters in save percentage as well. So if we're talking goals against and save percentage, this is just someone who does it year in and year out. I am ranked as my second overall goalie this year going in, so I'm basically just using this as a flex. Um, that's about it. Just Ben Bishop. He's my goals against save percentage leader for the second. Love Ben Bishop too. Um, yeah. it was worth. That, it, it is crazy though. Yari has started eight of their last ten games. Yeah, just exceptional. It's brutal uh, being a Matt Murray goals against average nine twenty eight save percentage over that time. Uh, Murray not quite the same amount of success. Uh, but all right, let's talk about some weekend streaming options before we fire it over to the Blue Stones for one final time. Um, beeps. Uh, so if we're looking, if you guys are listening tonight, hopefully the we got a couple hours here before uh, slate locks for Friday night. Uh, three teams to go after for Friday, Sunday. We got Washington taking on Carolina, and then San Jose on uh, Sunday. Uh, Carolina obviously playing Washington tonight, and then Tampa Bay on Sunday, and then Detroit plays Dallas tonight, Friday night, and then Chicago on Sunday. Uh, so Washington, not a whole lot of options there. Lars Eller is probably your best bet for yeah. a widely available option. Uh, obviously, if you're in one of the few leagues where a guy like Wilson or Rana is available, you need a D-man or Law. That's maybe. a great option. Uh, yeah, Detroit. We're looking at uh, maybe Tyler Bertuzzi if he's available. He's available in like literally half a leagues. I think he's 49 or 50 percent owned. Is Zadina uh, available? Can we go back to Orloff for a second? Orloff, I think, is worthwhile if you need uh, some help on yeah, the blue line over the weekend. He's been on an absolute heater lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, D, I know he's one of your favorite punts and DraftKings all the time. You use him as your value. Just pick plays a ton with Alex Ovechkin. So. But like, oh, I mean, he goes on stretches like he is right now, where I think he's three games in a row playing over 25 minutes. So he, he plays a lot, uh, sees a little bit of power play time. Obviously, John Carlson eats about 75% yeah. of the available power play time, but Orlab will take whatever's left mm-hmm. uh, and play a lot and even strength with all the right guys. Seven so. points in his last eight games, one goal, six assists uh, in his last eight. Um, obviously, Verona, probably not a guy that's readily available. Still only 63% owned, though. Yeah. Um, but you're right, Eller, 13% owned, most likely to be available. Um, and Detroit. 
yeah, we got uh, Bertuzzi in half a league. Like I said, I think he's 49 yeah. or 50. Uh, 49. Rob Fabry, probably the... 9%. Yeah, the most widely available. That's Zidina, probably the best Zidina best play on top. Uh, Zadina's on the second line right now with mm-hmm. uh, Phil, Phil Pula, Pula and... Giovanni Smith. Giovanni then Smith. No. Uh, but Zadina is on the top power play unit. Uh, Fabry is on first line for his power play yeah. as well as Bertuzzi. It's Bertuzzi, Larkin, Fabry, the top line right now. Um, so those so are your bad. best options in there. Uh, Brock I think Zadina's a pretty solid option. He's been shooting quite a bit, even yep. though his, his ice time has been relatively limited. Uh, still shooting quite a bit. Still in the top power play unit. And um, mandatory Philip Ronick plug. Yeah, you gotta yes. you gotta plug Philip Ronick, one of the best defensemen <laughs> in hockey. Uh, I think the one good thing for the Red Wings uh, that they have going for them, if you're gonna decide to stream uh, somebody on this team, is they are in Chicago yeah. on Sunday, which. Um, as you know, Chicago loves giving up goals, but Phillips Adina, yep, um, stud, and Phil Peronic, yep, stud, stud. Yeah. Uh, and then Carolina's the Mandatory other team. Phil Peronic, <laughs> yeah, uh, it is at this point. It is He's Carolina Hurricanes, the other team playing Friday, Sunday. Like we said, Washington tonight, Tampa Bay on Sunday. So not the best spread. Washington no. gives up a lot of chances. Uh, obviously, Tampa Bay is not the best team to take on, but still, uh, the great thing about Carolina is they have a lot of great options available on the wire. Uh, we already talked Nino, 22%. That whole third line, Hala, Zingle, uh, Nechas, and you can also get Fogel on the top line, I believe is probably widely available as well. Yeah, he's, I think yeah, um, so Hala's 29% owned, Niederreiter's yeah. 22% owned, Zingle's 14% owned, Jordan Saul's 13% owned. Yep. Um, Where's Fogel? five percent. Yeah, so Saul's a great plug there. HS is five. Yeah, so we talked about how deep and how solid that top nine is, and really Aho, Teravainen, and Svechnikov are going to be the only guys that are not most likely not available in your league. So um, a lot of great options out there for Carolina, even though the schedule is not that great. The fact that you can get two games out of uh, this quality of guys that are going to play this much minutes, especially a guy like Stahl, who's probably going to play over twenty minutes in both games. So um, if we want to talk about goaltenders, um, I think. Chris Dreger, um, hopefully he would get the start for Florida in Buffalo on Saturday. Uh, keep an eye on daily faceoff for that. It's yeah. an afternoon game. If he does, I like that. No Olofsson, um, no Skinner right now for, for yeah. the Sabres. And then they got Pittsburgh on Sunday, which obviously isn't great. If yeah, Crosby's not back. If he, doesn't, if, he doesn't start, if he doesn't start tomorrow, yeah. if he's not confirmed for tomorrow's afternoon game, he's yeah. not worth wires. Yeah. But, worth I mean, if you're desperate for wins and you're already behind in splits come Sunday, Pittsburgh doesn't score a ton of goals. No. Uh, especially if Crosby isn't back, and there's always the chance that Florida could obviously just outscore them. So if you're looking for a win, uh, even though it's not a favorable game for Florida, it's still well within uh, the realm of possibility that uh, he clutches out a win there on Sunday. Yeah, I think uh, obviously the best option of the weekend would be UC Saros if he's available. Um, they are in Los Angeles on Saturday and in Anaheim on Sunday. Ooh. He'll get one of those two games. Uh, I would nice. imagine he'd get Saturday in um, LA with Pekka Rene starting the Winter Classic. Um, but either way, two tremendous matchups for him. Um, and Tampa then McElhaney. Yeah. Uh, McElhaney, he'll get prob- – you know, It's hard to the, say. The smartest thing would be to do would be to start him against Ottawa on Saturday, which would be uh, you know a nice spot start option for him. Ottawa has been great at home this year, though. Uh, but I would probably imagine they would start uh, him in Carolina since he played there last year. Uh, but he did struggle against the Hurricanes early in the year, so maybe they'll try to – Avoid that whole narrative bullshit. But, yeah, again, um, if you're playing saves, that's like not a bad. It's a he's a great pickup if he does play against Carolina because they they're gonna shoot the the puck a ton. So yeah, and yeah. um one last one. If I highly doubt that he's available, but if for whatever reason Matt Murray is available in your league, <laughs> they're just getting sick and tired of him and dropping him because he's only played two of their last ten. Or games. Jari for that matter. Or Jari. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, either no one's one. Caught uh, on both yet. good options. Murray in Montreal on Saturday. No Gallagher. They <laughs> obviously if Jari's available, we think just, you should just pick him up. Yeah. Right? Well, I, mean, absolutely. I don't think we had to say it. Flex on everyone in your league. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I literally said he was gonna lead the NHL and like everything. Yeah. In the so I was episode. gonna say I hope you guys got that but uh yeah that was season five episode 19 of the daily face-off podcast i'm your host brock Segan. we got dylan d birthing to my left michael beeps bondy straight across from me um this is always uh brought to you by odd shark and we will fire it off to our friends uh the blue stones to wrap the show up hope you guys enjoyed it we will see you guys back here regularly scheduled timing uh thursday recording at least on friday morning next week talk to you guys next week 2020 we came in peace
Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.